You are listening to another episode on the Man of Class podcast. I'm your host, Eric Yusko, founder of Man of Class, and most recently started a initiative for dads as leaders. This episode is going to kick off a brand new season, and this season is going to be dedicated and deemed sort of the myth of riches. Now, if you're looking for 2021 to get your financial realm in check, then you're definitely going to want to subscribe to this season because we're going to cover a lot of ground in this season. So stay tuned. Every day, the world tolerates less and less of traditional masculine behavior, which has driven a new standard for men to be successful. How does one evolve so that they can win in today's world? Enter Man of Class, a place to empower men to break down traditional masculinity and build the necessary skill sets, mindset, and confidence to become the men that society desperately needs. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back to another season. We decided to change things up. I got my buddy Chad here. And what we decided to do was when we started looking at 2021, most like the number one thing on everybody's mind is wealth. And there's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of seminars. There's a lot of stuff out there, but nobody really walks you through step-by-step. They don't have a conversation with it. It's always one-sided. And so what we thought we'd do is deliver a powerful series all around wealth. And we're going to take bite-sized clips all the way through each, each episode is going to be a new clip and it's going to be talking about, you know, different aspects of wealth and sort of helping you get on your journey of figuring out maybe where you are on the journey of wealth, where you want to go on the, on your journey of wealth, maybe different things you haven't thought of before all these different things. We're hoping all the nuggets that we've got collectively, we'll be able to kind of share with you. So welcome, Chad. Thank you so much for joining me in this series and really co idea of, of launching this. Yeah, Eric, thanks for having me here. Yeah, I love when you and I are on a call and we're just talking about stuff. We're like, you know what? Like, we need to talk about this publicly because it's, it's just, you know, the, the, the wealth system is broken today. The idea that we are sold from, from, from inception, you know, is, it's broken. And, and, you know, I think we owe it to everyone to, to share what we know. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's, that's where one of the breakdowns is, right? If, if you're getting on your journey of, of wealth, and you're not equally helping to share and pull people up, then that's on you. That's on nobody else. You can't, you can't claim, you can claim to a certain point that the financial system's broken, but if you say that it's broken, but you never reach back to help people, you're part of that broken system. Exactly. And so again, depending on where you are in this journey, right? If, if you're starting out on your journey, excellent. Welcome. You're going to get a ton of knowledge. If you're someone who maybe is listening that has been on this journey for a little bit, maybe this is your wake up call that says, Hey, you could be doing a little bit more. You could be helping other people, right? Let's break down some of that philosophy and that mindset around, you know, wealth is is something to be hoarded versus having it is, you know, how would you act differently if you knew that money was abundant, which spoiler alert, it is. So we're going to get into the first episode. That was enough of the, the little pre-trailer, but this, this conversation is really going to be about debunking assets and liabilities. Now that's something that is People talk about all over the place, but I want to get Chad's perspective because Chad's been into real estate investing now for a couple of years. And so I really want to get his perspective on where he sees it in his wealth journey. Absolutely. And guys, by the way, this is not an infomercial. Eric or I are not going to sell you a strategy. I mean, there's millions of ways to do this. This is just us talking conceptually and qualitatively, right? So the whole idea of an asset and a liability, like first thing we've got to break 
is, is your home an asset? Trick question. See, I can, I can see it both sides. I, I see it depends on which I'll say yes. I'll say owning a house is yes, is an asset. Okay. Crucify me. Well, and so I'm, I'm going to go with that here. And you're right. The answer is it depends, right? But from the, from the most basic definition of asset and liability, an asset is something that you own and it puts money into your pocket. Okay. A liability is something that you own and it takes money out of your pocket. Okay. So let me ask a simpler question. Then we'll come back to the house. What is a car? It depends on how you use it. Liability. Okay. So let's expand on that because the way most people are using cars, they buy it, they finance it, right? So, so at baseline, they're paying a monthly payment out of their pocket for it. It's depreciating in value every time you turn the thing on. And oh, by the way, you have cost of ownership like gas, like like maintenance, you know, everything like that. And what you're talking about, Eric, is perhaps you're you're a classic car guy, right? Which I know you are. You might you <laughs> might be able to, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. So you might be able to go buy a 1960s Mustang, soup it up, and and do all the the Eric Yusko things that you do to it, and sell it for four x what you pay, what you have in it. That that could be an asset, right? And people have whole businesses around that. But for the general pub- public, a car is a massive liability. Now, let's go back to the house. Most people say it's your biggest investment ever. And I, guys, I'm not telling you not to buy a house, okay? Like, this, this is not where this conversation is. By the way, for just again, for full, for full clarity, Chad owns his home and I own my home. So, it's not like we're saying- We own homes, yes. Right? <laughs> we, we own homes. We're not, we're not coming from some- um, you know, we own some massive, you know, apartment building and we live in one and we're running it out. Like we, yeah. we are, you know, we're both a husband, we're both a father, we're both business owners. You know, we, we have our own lives. We live all this. We, stuff. So, so let me clarify. We are both a husband. We are not husbands. Okay. You need to be careful. That's true. That's a good catch. I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> but, but yeah, so for example, this house, I own it. You own that house. I have a mortgage. Well, I don't have a mortgage. I have a line of credit. That's a story for another day. Preview, that's a great thing to talk about. But most people have a mortgage on their home. That mortgage costs them money every month. You pay to live in your own home. Now, yes, you you have equity and that equity is rising, but equity is not cash flow. Okay. Equity is a thing that is not liquid. And in order to tap into it, you have to put a loan on it or you have to sell it. Okay. So if I go back to the most simple definition of an asset, does your money, to, or does your money, does your house today put income into your pocket? Yes or no? So I would say in the immediate micro lens, no at all, because the money that you're going to be putting in. Now, right. so let's pause there. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Right. Let me, let me catch you up. So you're, you're right. There's the equity part. Money you put in can turn into more. That's great. That that is a value add thing. Appreciation, but growth, appreciation. On the right. That, and that, that's, that's where a, you're at. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing about real estate. So that is true, but today it does not impact your cash flow. So you own a liability because you pay a mortgage, you pay you pay utilities, like you pay to live in this. Now, now let me let me change this. So let's take that same house and let's go put this let's say you bought another one down the street. Well, now you have put another Eric Yusko into that one. And you said, hey, man, I'm going to charge you 1200 bucks a month. Little do you know, my mortgage is only 400 bucks a month. I'm going to keep half of the remaining 800 for expenses. And now I'm netting 400 bucks a month on that house. Is that an asset or a liability? Yeah, that would be, that would fit the traditional. Right. 
lens so, of, of what an asset would be. Right. So you're right. The, the house is, is it's, it can kind of be in the middle, but by the simple, what I'm, I'm not trying to say your house isn't, your house is a bad thing to own. What, what I'm trying to say is you, we have to start thinking about an asset as things that put money in our pocket and a liability as something that takes money out of our pocket. And once we understand that, then you start to look at how, how, like this coveted 1% that everyone talks about, like, you know, let's tax the 1%, blah, 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 right? Who's in that 1%? It's people who have figured out that when I, let's say I come into $100,000, that's not wealth. Or let's say a million dollars. Let's say for some reason, I, I now have a million dollars. A million dollars in the bank is not wealth, guys. That is That is cash. Cash is a commodity. The value of it goes up and down, right? A million dollars in the bank is not is not wealth. What they do, what people who are in that one percent do is to say, okay, well that's great. I want a Lamborghini. Hmm. I'm not going to go spend part of this million dollars on a Lamborghini. I'm going to go spend this million dollars and put twenty percent down on a five million dollar apartment building or a five million dollar piece of land or something that they can turn into income. And then they're going to say, okay, from that, that, that property is going to pay the loan on my Lamborghini. So like when, when you want to buy a thing, you want to buy a liability, you first have to buy an asset that finances that liability for you. And that, but, but now you've got this asset that is increasing in, in, in appreciation. It's, it's probably lowering in expenses because you're, you're working on it sometimes. And, and you have this thing that is now putting cash in your pocket. You see, let me stop there. So I got on a soapbox. So- so, so it almost, you know, when we're talking about assets and liabilities, to me, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to use a house. This is all about house, I guess, but, you know, it's almost like the foundation, right? You have brick A and you have brick B and the asset and liability. And then it goes into like the next dimension, right? The next dimension is are we talking cash flow or are we talking? net worth, like overall wealth, go. because some people, right. Again, I use, I use owning a home. You, you get a house, you pay down, you know, you fully own it, you pay off the bank note and all you're paying is, is insurance and taxes mm-hmm. from a cash flow standpoint, right. You'd say, no, that's not an asset. But if you have that lump and you know that, you know, let's say that you're in Nashville, Tennessee and it's booming and all of a sudden, you know, the price of your home increases, yes. you know, 10, 20%. Technically, it, it did zero for cash flow. There you right? go. But from an overall real, from an yep. overall wealth standpoint, mm-hmm. right? From a from a um, instead of a flow versus a static structure, right? If you just look at wealth as a is how much cash do you have basically in one time, like a snapshot in time, you could claim that that's actually an asset because You're if right. you needed to. You yes. could turn that vehicle, right, that house, into cash, and that cash could then you know, you could buy a, a, an operating business. You could go buy a classic car to flip. You know, you could, it, it opens up. So it gives you that cash, that availability for cash. So right. again, when we're starting to think about this stuff, assets and liabilities, a lot of times it confuses people. And then they start going in and go like, well, no, a house like, you know, is an asset, but I don't know really know how to articulate it. And I think- well, Let's subdivide, let's subdivide though. So so okay. at the at the, the simplest, so we're, we're right now we're in kindergarten of assets and liabilities, Right. Kindergarten tells you asset no recess. Puts, yeah, no recess. Asset puts money in pocket. Liability takes money away from pocket. Right. Okay. So we understand that. And home. St- let's put it over here. It's still still to be determined. Now let's go subdivide that and let's go to second grade. We're gonna we're gonna skip over first grade because we're smart. Okay. So subdivide that now. And let's say what is a cash flowing asset 
What is an appreciating asset? What is a non-cash flowing asset? What is a depreciating asset, uh, uh, liability, excuse me, this side is liability, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> a cash flowing asset is like that rental home we just talked about. Every month, that thing is putting $400 after expenses into Eric's pocket, right? That is an asset that is cash flowing positively for you. Let's go back to the car. A non-cash flowing uh, liability is that's your typical car. I mean, I remember when you and I first met you at a Mazda. I don't know if you still have it or not, right? But it was a car you drove to and from work. You bought it. I'm sure you got a great deal. That's fine. But that thing is in no way making you money. And in fact, it's it's decreasing in value. We'll get to that part in a second. But on a cash flow basis, every month you're putting gas in it. Every month you're paying insurance on it. Every, you know, every couple of months, you're probably changing the oil. That is a net negative on cash flow. So we have now... Uh, cash flow positive asset, and we have cash flow negative liability, right? Now let's go to the bottom. This is where your home comes in, okay? Let's talk about an appreciating asset. So forget cash flow, that's up here. So we're not talking about our mortgage payment or anything like that. Now we're just talking about, I bought this house for 10% down, 20% down, whatever. And I, and I live in it for five years. So we're not thinking about the ongoing expenses because that's cash flow. We're just thinking about equity at this point. Equity is that fictitious amount that you have in your home that you can go turn into cash if you sell it. Well, if that thing goes up in value 2X, you know, and you bought it at 100,000, now you've got $100,000 of, of equity value. That is an appreciated asset, right? Another example could be buying a non-dividend paying stock right? You bought it, you have, you know, whether it's a, a, a non-dividend paying stock, whether it's a, a gold bar, a silver yeah. coin that you get, yeah. right? It's something that you it buy It has intrinsic outright. value and it can go up or down, right? Right. You have this object, right? And then its value either is going to go up with time or it's going to go down in time. And so- But again, a gold bar in no way can pay you cash flow, right? Unless you're shaving off pieces of it, to, you know. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's an asset. It's a intangible thing, right. right? That is not, you know, doesn't have the availability of turning into cash flow, but it's just an object that you own that either is going to appreciate or is going to depreciate. Right. And so for a lot of people, you know, when when they start thinking of maybe I'm just going to, you know, get cash, right? I want to save up five thousand dollars in cash so that it gives me that opportunity. Technically, that cash that you have would be a non. Um, now I already forgot the terms, but basically, it's not a you're you're just setting it aside, and it's gaining equity, not equity. Mm-hmm. You're gaining. Help me out, Chad. What's you just you just Ga- gaining it. value? Sorry. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you have it. You know the 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 price of the U.S. dollar. What mm-hmm. a dollar is worth versus whether it's Euro or, or Bitcoin or yeah. however you want to slice yeah. it, it's value is either going to go up or it's going to go down, but you never, you didn't gain, you know, you, your money didn't have babies. You just, it sat in a pile of cash on your floor for right. a month, a year, whatever it's going to be. So that can be anything. And so again, when people start thinking about the different ways of these asset classes, mm-hmm. right, which is just a fancy term of how many different piles of stuff could you have, right? Whether it's a home, whether it's, you know, a a baseball card collection, right? All these things are objects and they either can go up in value or they can go down in value. Right. And the trick is getting in the right mindset of saying what may be, and maybe this is something that we can clue into another episode. What are things to be on the lookout for or ways to start thinking about what are things that are going to go up in value 
Yes. Versus buying things that maybe, you know, is the hot ticket item right now. And there's so much buzz, but it's it's just going to either flatline or it's actually going to go down in value. Right. And what we want to try to help you do is to see through all the the craze and all the madness, (laughs) the hype that's that's going on in the world and start really dialing into being an investor, being a wealth creator, because, you know, let's make no mistake. You talk to 10 out of 10 guys, money's going to be in that conversation. Oh yeah. Guaranteed. No guy's going to say, I got so much, like, I don't even worry about that. Right. No, it's on everybody's mind. And so we're trying to help you get off that rat race, right? Get out of that wheel, that hamster wheel that's going over and over and over again and start looking at things a little differently. So you can start being a little smarter with your money. So you too can actually start building your exceptional life, your, you know, whatever happiness that you're looking to go after your freedom, your purpose, your legacy. And that's it right there, Eric. I mean, we're talking about like, why are we even talking about assets and liabilities, right? Because we're talking about how do we build wealth? Well, is wealth busting your tail, trading time for money for 65 years until you retire? And the only thing you spend your money on is, is, you know, toys and expenses, right? You're just buying a bigger treadmill. What we're trying to tell you here is when you start thinking about things like this, you, you start to figure out how to curb your wants and, and start to say, okay, well, I have a little cash. Let me put it into something that ideally it's appreciating and makes me positive cash flow. That's the trifecta. Or that's the, I guess, bifecta, right? But that, that's the best part right there. The trifecta is when you get tax benefits too, by the way. We'll talk about that in another episode. But but when you when you can buy something that is A, appreciating in value over time, B, putting positive cash flow in your pocket, and if you can even get tax benefits out of it and, and get that income tax-free, well, guess what? That money's working for you without you having to work, trade time for money. And that's how you start to build wealth. And I'm going to insert a quadfecta. And if the, if you can get joy while achieving the trifecta, you've hit you've hit your potential. Oh yes, is that right there? <laughs> you know, if, if it's if you really love real estate, you really love rehabbing, you love working on cars, you love collecting silver bars or Pokemon cards or whatever that it is, and you can find what the value is and what the long term trends are in whatever. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting to tap into true wealth because you're going to be you're going to be enjoying doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is which is how, you know, we hear from people all the time where they're like, oh, I'm like living this amazing life. Like, you know, I travel around from country to country and everyone, you know, idealizes after that life. Well, they figured out how to start to align the trifecta with the joy and create their own life. And once you can do that, now, all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're, you're cooking with peanut oil. You're actually out there doing something and it's, it's going to be an inspiration to not only the people around you, but it's also going to be an inspiration for the next generation. So let's again, you know, let's call a spade a spade. If you're listening to this, you're either going to have kids, have kids, have some people that, you know, people are looking up to you. Everyone's watching. And so is it that you want to leave the legacy that is you just kind of muddled your way through life? Or if you're listening to this, I know you. And I know that you're wanting more out of life. And so it's time to start taking some action. So what are maybe some of the reasons, Chad, that people want to steer away from this, right? A a lot of times, you know, we get into these conversations and I know you and I get, you know, energized about this stuff. And then all of a sudden we talk to people and a lot of times they're like, I know, but insert limiting belief. What are some of those that you found? 
Well, one of those is confusion of the brain, right? So if, if when someone starts like, let's take cryptocurrency, for example, I, I'm, I'm a dumb redneck from the South, man. Like, I, yeah, I was an engineer for a while, but, and I'm good in real estate. I get numbers. That's fine. But I don't understand this Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and, and, and mm-hmm. what, what do you call the register anyway? I, I just don't understand it. And I haven't taken the time to learn it. Well, people show me all these fantastic returns and try to get me to buy into their scheme all the time. And I'm just like, I don't understand it. Right. So, so confusion of the brain says no, if you don't, mm-hmm. and, and the famous, uh, the famous words of Mr. Warren Buffett, I only invest in things I understand. Right. He doesn't invest in big tech companies because he doesn't get them. Right. He invests in things he understands. Now he could make money over there, but if you, you if you invest in something you don't understand, you're probably going to lose money because you're going to do it wrong. You know? So, yeah. so that that's probably limiting belief. Number one is I don't understand it. And so, okay go find something you understand, find something you're interested in. And they're umpteen. I mean, I chose real estate. I lo- I enjoy real estate. I like making old things new. So that's my game. You may, you may enjoy sitting on a computer, harvesting Bitcoin, mining Bitcoin, whatever it is you do. You know, you may enjoy studying the stock market. You may enjoy jumping mutual funds. You may enjoy, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, stashing gold in your basement, whatever it is that you do, as long as you understand it and do it well, that's where you can start to play this game, you know? And, and, you know, let's dive into that confusion of the brain. Recognize that every single, you know, every person that has confusion has the choice. Mm -hmm. Now, when you realize, you know, just like what you said, Chad, right? Bitcoin, uh, you know, is, is so confusing. I don't really know where to go. I don't even know how to get started. Uh, I'm just, and it whatever. Moves so I'm just, fast, you know, <laughs> right. It moves so fast. You're just like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm just, I'm just not going to deal with it now. Truthfully, right. You made the choice that you, that's just, that's not your game, right? That's not your swimming lane. You know, you're happy with your real estate right now. So like, you're just, you're purposely not going down the Bitcoin path, which is perfectly fine. Right. But, but for people who, when you start thinking, you know, I'm getting money in and I'm paying my bills and I feel like I can never get ahead and, and you know, how can I get out of this race, right? How can I start to, to build something on my own without falling prey to every single one of these people and programs and, and get rich quick yeah. schemes and, and all this other stuff? It's, it is education. You have the choice to get educated. And I mean, perfect case in point, right? You're listening to this podcast episode, or maybe you know somebody that should be listening to this podcast episode. This is free advice, right? This is free stuff. That, and you can go ahead and Google and fact check us all day long if you want. Oh, yeah. but, but, you know, it's the information's out there. We've never been in a time where we've had the availability of going out and getting all that information, right? Go back previous generations. They couldn't even hope or dream or wish to have a world that we're living in right now where somebody who, you know, they got some extra gold coins, they didn't know what to go do with it. Right. Some camel salesman said, Hey, you know, buy buy a camel that has a sprained limb or something like that. They paid money in and, and, and they lost it all. Right. They, they didn't know how to educate themselves on maybe how to, you know, how camel works or how to judge the health of a camel. You can do all that stuff now. Right. Well, here's you can the, here's Google, the thing. I just, so we just, we're picking on Bitcoin. I just Googled Bitcoin and I can now scroll through this phone and see the index. I can see articles. I can see program. Like I can, if I really wanted to learn this, all I got to do is spend a couple of hours doing this. I'm going to be a lot smarter than I was 10 minutes ago. You know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, the information's at the ready and guys, 
anything. Find people who are already there. Yes. Chad's done this. I've done this. Well, not Bitcoin, but. (laughs) True, not Bitcoin. Yeah, we haven't gotten into Bitcoin. But, But of the areas that we wanted to get into in our life, whether it was investing, whether it was engineering, whether it was leadership, yeah. whether you found it was, those who did it before, right? We found and who did it before. Yeah. We figured out how to befriend and, and pull some of that knowledge because again, people who are successful, they want to help. They want to share. Yeah. They smash the limiting belief that the rich want to stay rich and, the, and they, they want to purposely keep the poor poor. They don't. There may be some out there, but well, the half majority, of that's true. The rich do want to stay rich, but you know, but it doesn't not at the expense of but not at the expense poor. of keeping people poor. Yeah. Right. There is a better yeah. way. They do want to help. I have talked mm-hmm. to so many people, and I'm sure Chad, you know, chime in here that you ask them, you know, hey, you know, would you mind giving me, you know, 30 minutes of your time or you know, let's sit down and, and have a conversation or figure, you know, who, who are the, what's the best books or how do I start to get on that path? They'll give you 30 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then it really becomes like, you know, you never walk up to someone and be like, hey, will you mentor me? You know, it, it's just like you, you find commonality, you figure out how you can maybe add value to their day. And then when they just start talking, you just absorb it, you know? So it's like whoever it is, whether it's a it's a senior engineer in your firm, whether it's a that partner in the law firm, whether it's, you know, that's that surgeon you want to be like, just figure Top out. salesman in the industry. Exactly. Like insert thing here, but success leaves clues and, and you you have to follow those clues. And I'm telling you, successful people, whatever they're in, they want to help because they were helped and it feels good. It feels good when, when you can actually, you know, pass something down and, and watch someone else rise to another level, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and that would be, um, I'm sure we could get into another episode on, on that too, of, of howing to get, um, you know, getting mentors and, and building out your network. Yeah. That's a whole other episode <laughs> because network itself is, is very powerful. Um, it, everybody wants to network, but you have to, you almost have to, like Chad said, bring value, right? How is it that you can help them? Maybe a different perspective, maybe whatever, right? We can get into that in another episode, but, but the whole purpose of this series is really to start, arming you with the information, arming you with the curiosity and arming you with a rough enough type vision on where you are on your wealth creation journey so that you can, can, you know, pick up the pace, right? Start to take action. A lot of people said 2020 was the year of enlightenment. 2021 was the year of action. We're already, you know, getting close towards the end of January. Where's the action, right? Are you taking that action or has it been yet another resolution where, you know, it's, it's, I got all these dreams. I want to go do this, but you just, you struggle on that stuff. And if that is you be aware of it and ask for help, reach out to Chad, reach out to me. We'll connect you with whoever we can. We'll help you. We'll coach you, whatever that it takes, because we're a firm believer. The rising tide raises all the boats. And so why not help people just like Chad was saying? So what else do you want to, any closing thoughts on this episode before we close our first one? Yeah, I have plenty and I'm trying to be careful not to go too far because I'm starting to segue into other episodes we want to talk about, you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, guys, we're talking about what is an asset, what is a liability. And the whole reason we're even talking about this is the, and we'll talk about this in much more detail, but the wealth system is broken today. You're being told to go stash away for a nest egg and hope you have enough money when you're 65 to live until you die, right? Well, I'm here to tell you, you can't predict the future. And with modern medicine advancements, you might live to your 150 after you retire. I don't know. So the point is, you need to be figuring out how to build income streams. 
income streams is what makes you are what makes you wealthy, not cash in the bank. We'll stop there. Much more to talk about on this subject. Boom. Just like that. He drops a golden nugget and then he says out. So, well, thank you guys to, for tuning in. And until next time, keep moving forward. Thanks, everybody. Did you know that eight out of 10 men are living a life that they wish was better? I believe living an exceptional life means unlearning everything that we've been taught and dropping the shoulds immediately. Which is why I created a brand new ebook titled Coaching Secrets, How to Break Out of Ordinary and Live an Exceptional Life. I wanna show you the mindsets, strategy, and tactics you need to live the life you were meant to be so that you can step into the vision that you have for yourself, but maybe haven't taken action. And the best part about it, it's yours absolutely free. To get your copy, head on over to manofclass.com forward slash coaching secrets. And you can start living that life right now.